You're listening to episode 64 of the Take the Reins podcast with Nikki Porter. Welcome, and thanks for stopping by. You're listening to Take the Reins, a weekly personal growth podcast for horse owners. If you're invested in becoming the best version of yourself in all your relationships, both human and equine, this is the spot for you. Through our conversations, you will learn how to become a stronger communicator, leader, and deepen the connection you crave both in and out of the arena. Horses have an awful lot to teach us, yet very little of it actually has to do with horses. They reflect back to you who you are emotionally, physically, and energetically. They are a mirror to your soul, and it is time to take an honest look at who you are and who you want to become. I can't wait to connect with you, so here we go. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Take the Reins podcast. I'm your host, Nikki, and I'm so glad that you're with me today. So if this is your first time listening to the show, I hope this episode serves you well, and I encourage you to go back and take a listen to past episodes if so. So many important conversations have taken place over the course of this podcast, and I'd love to hear your input and your insight. If you are a returning listener Thank you for coming back, and I hope you know how much I appreciate you as a listener and a fellow equestrian on a path to grow as horse owners and people. If you would like to show your love for the podcast and show your support and encouragement for bringing this show to the airwaves each week, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash Nikki Porter. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Nikki Porter, and I can put that link in the show notes. For as little as $1 a week, so that's less than one coffee, actually it's less than my coffee that I pay for each day. (laughs) So for less than $1 a week, you can help me keep this podcast alive and growing. There are four tiers of membership for you to choose from, and if everyone who listens contributed less than $5 a month, it would make an incredible impact on both myself and my ability to serve my listeners to the best of my ability. All right, so take the reins has now produced over 60 episodes, and the response I've received from my listeners has proven to me that my work is making an an impact. As a result, I've committed to continue to show up for you and all of my other listeners for as long as you need me. I'm here to help you reflect, relax, and reconnect as you strive to be the best person and horse owner you can be. In today's episode, I'm sharing my thoughts as a result of a post made in another trainer's social media group. So the post stopped me in my tracks, and it really has had me reflecting on it for the last couple of weeks. After diving deep into what the post brought up for me, I wanted to share my conclusions with you. So here are my three conclusions as a result of reading this post. First, Our personal growth and our growth as a horseman or woman is absolutely inseparable, whether we like it or not. My second conclusion is there is nothing woo-woo about connecting these two. And then my third, 
I am proud to be a part of this ever-developing conversation among dedicated horse owners and trainers around the world. Okay, so you might recognize the conversation that I'm going to refer to because I know that quite a few of my listeners on this show are also probably a part of this group because it is connected through, uh, our concepts are connected that we believe in, uh, and we have similar values and morals among our relationship with our horses and training horses and mindset. So the conversation that I fell upon on social media was essentially someone saying like enough of the personal development stuff. I'm tired of it. I came to this page to help me train my horse. And it really did take me back. And I guess part of that would be because I believe in it so much that I created a podcast that focuses on personal development for horse owners in particular. So clearly, I really do believe that this stuff has an impact on the work that we do with our horses. But it wasn't just that. It wasn't like a trigger of, oh gosh, well, I have this podcast and this makes me feel this or this, maybe I shouldn't be or whatever else. Um, That's really not what it was. It was more about the fact that when I was reading through the comments, I kept on hearing, and I've been hearing it not just within the comments of this conversation, but I keep hearing the term woo-woo when it comes to people diving deeper into learning about energy or learning about how the the power of their thoughts affects their life and learning about the law of attraction and learning about how we are as humans impacts how we are as horse owners. And I just have such a hard time wrapping my head around these concepts. So for organizational sakes, and for me not to go down too much of a rabbit hole here, I'm really going to focus on the three conclusions that I came to as a result of my reflection about this conversation. And I, you know, I really want you to be a part of this conversation. So if you're listening to this and you either were a part of that conversation or you have also seen this Uh, this trend coming up and you have something to say about it, then I encourage you to touch base with me. Send me an email, Nikki at NikkiPorter.ca or find me on social media and send me a DM. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this particular subject. Okay, so let's go back to the first conclusion that I came to and that's that our personal growth and our growth as a horse owner and horsewoman is absolutely inseparable whether we like it or not. I'm going to tell you a little story and I actually told this we were back at it teaching clinics as of this past weekend and we got to work with some really fantastic horses and humans and I actually told this story in our beginning talk because it just shows really how inseparable what we do outside of our horse world Uh, is from what we do with our horses and how we can practice showing up for ourselves and others every single day, every minute of every day, and how that improves how we show up for our horses. So the story is that last week I was running a little late. Not shocking because this is Uh, you know, relatively normal for how Blake and I function in the morning. She likes to sleep. I like to sleep. We actually work off a very similar clock. We both 
Um, we both have a difficult time getting to bed early, but we do like to sleep until probably like 7, 7.30, 8 o'clock. And that's just the way that our clocks are. <laughs> I'm sure we could both reset them, but that's the comfort for both of us. And it's funny that that's showing up so clearly for her and she is less than 10 years old. So we're running a little behind and we're in the Tim Hortons drive through And so because we run a little bit behind and I want to make sure that she is going to school with food in her belly, she's also a, a picky eater and a bit difficult to feed, I want to make sure that I have witnessed what she has eaten in the morning and that she has eaten. So, you know, some people might say, oh my gosh, that's terrible that she eats Tim Hortons in the morning. But uh, without judgment and really thinking about why we do it, then it might help you understand. So mornings that we get up early, she's not having Tim Hortons in the morning. But majority of the time, we're going to grab Tim Hortons and I get to uh, have her quiet, not quiet in the sense of like, I don't want her speaking in the car, but I know that when she's sitting in her car seat, or I guess on her booster seat now, and she's on her way to school, that I can tell that she has slowed down enough, stopped talking enough to actually eat some food before she goes into school. Okay, that's enough of that conversation. So we are now late and we're sitting in the drive-thru of Tim Hortons before heading to school. And these are the moments that really I find myself working on myself probably more than any other time because as I'm sitting there, the lineup has decided that it is just pretty much not going to move. And I'm looking at the clock and the clock is at probably like seven or sorry, eight 30, close to eight 30. And she needs to be at school for in like five minutes and the drive to school is seven minutes long and I'm still just past the speaker so I'm looking at this lineup and I'm looking at the clock and I'm looking at the pressure that I've applied because I have been late in the past and it's been a conversation uh, you know with myself and with others about you know the whys and all of these things so there's there's pressure behind being late there's also pressure from just the, you know, growing up and how, how do I relate to being late and what does that mean about me and what does that mean about my respect for others and all of these things that play out with the concept of running late. And so it's interesting, as I was sitting in, in the drive through and waiting for the line to move, I could start to feel my internal pressure building. And as a result of that internal pressure changing, I could also see myself searching for ways to try to relieve it. So, you know, I tried my best to make sure that I could acknowledge this without uh, really judging myself for it, but I could feel myself about to say things like, to Blake, like, oh my gosh, like they're running so slow this morning. Why are they so slow? Like, what's going on that the that this is so slow? I was, I was really focusing on the fact that the line was so slow and that's what caused me to be late, which we all know is not the case. It contributed, but definitely did not cause it. So as I'm sitting there and, and feeling this pressure increase for me and really thinking about why the pressure, my internal pressure was really, was increasing and then what that made me feel like in the moment, 
and how I was going to relate to that pressure and how I was going to deal with it. It was a really interesting um, opportunity to just essentially gain some scope. So really zoom myself out of the situation and be able to have a different sort of dialogue. So be able to change the dialogue in order to be able to really attend to that pressure in a different way. So in the past, without my ability to really um, gain scope in a situation like this, then I may have allowed that pressure to build and it would actually change both my day and how I felt about myself. It could change how I interacted with my daughter. Maybe it would affect my patience with her. I maybe would interact with her a little shorter. I might raise my tone when it wasn't necessarily uh, needed. And maybe it would make me be rude to the person at the window because my lack of patience for them being slow when in all you know seriousness, we know that there are so many contributing factors here and that the person that I'm going to meet at the window has very little to do with the fact that I am going to drop my daughter off like two or three minutes late for school. So... It was a fantastic opportunity for me to just be able to assess that pressure and what that pressure could or how that pressure could impact my day and my interactions and my relationships with others and myself. So because I was able to gain scope in this situation and zoom out and it allowed me to really think my way through the pressure, none of those things happened. I was able to change my internal dialogue. I was able to really um, take an honest and and realistic look at, you know, what does it mean to be late in that situation? And, you know, it allowed me to be able to continue my conversations with my daughter from a more conscious and loving place. It allowed me to be able to go to the window and accept my food in a loving way and an appreciation or with an appreciation for who was serving me and for a gratitude for receiving that food. And uh, and then when we left and we actually arrived at school, I, there was a bus arriving at the same time and it really allowed for me to say, okay, like, you know, Everyone has these factors that come into play and there are external and internal pressures coming into play all of the time. And it is our choice in how we interact with those. It's our choice in how those pressures affect us and then how we relate to the world as a result of those. So it's maybe sounds a little crazy to think like, okay, how can running late and sitting in a long Tim Hortons lineup possibly influence my horsemanship or my relationship with my horse. And I'll tell you, it has a, it, it, it is huge. It is inseparable, like I already said. So in our clinic on the weekend, we set up obstacles and, and seven people out of this clinic had never been with us before and their horses had not been introduced to obstacles. So with that being said, a lot of the information that was being brought to them was new to their system. It was new to their relationship with their horse and with themselves. So it was very interesting to be able to have this conversation about internal pressure and to be able to start to relate to our internal pressure 
outside of our connection to our horses. Because if we can start to navigate those feelings when we're away from our thousand pound animal that also uh, makes us feel feelings of fear at times, incompetency maybe at times, judgment at, at times, also adding in the pressure of other people watching us, uh, the pressure of being in a new environment, all of these other pressures. So if we can begin to navigate the pressure of something simple, like running a little behind and start to um, to really use that to be able to feel what pressure feels like, how we relate to it, and how we can change our relation to it. It will allow us to be able to navigate pressure differently with our horses and to just have a different relationship with ourselves when pressure comes on. Oftentimes when we talk about pressure and horses, we really only think about pressure as uh, something that we use in order to try to teach our horses something or to uh, get them to do A, B, or C with us. So we talk about applying pressure and releasing pressure and we know that uh, pressure, the application of pressure and release of pressure is, uh, is a very large component in the training of horses and the communication with horses. So It's interesting because within the natural leadership school that I'm enrolled in with Beth Killo, we talk about pressure a lot and it's been very influential in not only my my, um, understanding of how I navigate different pressures internal and external in my horse world, but also my everyday life. So So one thing that Beth has really taught me and brought me to reflect on more is that we don't often talk about or attend to our own pressure until we are overwhelmed, flooded, and about to overheat. And I believe this translates completely to working with our horses. And I see this in our interaction with our horses where I... We will allow them to get away with behaviors until the pressure, our internal pressure, has now increased to a certain point where we've lost patience with them and then our pressure or our response to them actually puts an unfair pressure on them as a result of our internal pressure because we ignored the pressure that was building as a result of the initial initial actions. So an example of this, so this makes it really clear. We had a horse in the clinic this weekend that uh, it was a gelding and he was really pushy. And so it is, this happens every clinic where I can look around and I can see someone's internal pressure building. And it's as a result of ignoring behaviors that they don't like from their horse. And, you know, it could be that they're just managing that horse because they don't have an answer or it's because they have learned how to tune out others behaviors until it becomes so much pressure for them that they lose their cool so for this instance 
this individual, uh, their horse was kind of nipping at them and pushing them and moving all around. And they were trying to listen to our conversation and our talk before we started into the groundwork. So at one point I looked over and this person let out a sigh and they had an expression on their face of extreme frustration with their horse. And immediately we attended to that because then what happens is we have now become frustrated and then she used the words punish. So when I had a conversation about this about this interaction with the owner, she said herself, I often um, have him, he does this thing, he'll push me or he'll nip at me and he'll continue to do it and continue to do it. And then finally, I just have to punish him for it. And I think that it's an interesting, if we really look back at, at what Beth taught here, is that we often, uh, we ignore or we don't attend to our own pressure and beca- until it becomes overwhelm and we become overheated and then we become flooded and then our over, when we become overheated, we actually create a situation where we put more pressure on someone than is fair because we have allowed that pressure to build inside us and we've allowed them away with that behavior and then we feel like we need to punish them when in actual fact, it just comes down to clear communication and attending to our pressure earlier so that we can say, um, we need to set a boundary here. And so we, when we set a boundary earlier, rather than thinking we need to punish a behavior, we simply set a boundary that allows us to attend to a behavior earlier in our pressure system. And it actually de-escalate situations. It allows us to use fair pressure with our horses and other humans around us, but it also takes the pressure off of us. So it releases our pressure before it gets to that point of overwhelm. So I hope that that point makes sense. It's that, you know, separating our personal growth, which is what, what I mean by that is really assessing our own responses, how we're showing up for the world. Are we doing the best that we can with how the the resources that we have, who we are as a person, our support system, um, our ability to relate to the world? Are we showing up as our best selves with all of those things really um, as a part of reflecting on all of those things, making sure that we understand that they have an impact on who we are? And just really with the intent to be better every day by 1%. So not not 1% in every area of our life, but just 1% in one area of our life, gaining a stronger understanding of ourselves, how we relate to the world, how we relate to our horses, and our impact on the world and everyone else, our relationships, and, and how we show up how that impacts others. I think that's probably the, the, um, the main piece here. And so when I think of our personal development, and then I think of our development as horse owners, we don't have to look at our, um, our education as horse owners. We can look at our education as people and see that when we start to make, make changes in ourselves to understand ourselves better, to communicate better, to become a better listener, to become a more loving partner. When we do all of those things, 
All of that translates into our relationship with our horses, whether we like it or not. So how we show up, it's interesting. The last episode, and actually behind the scenes, Jim and Dylan and I had a little bit of a conversation about all this stuff. And I believe that it it fed into the interview as well. And Jim talked about uh, Mark Rashid and how Mark really says to people, like, start to pay attention. How do you put your coffee cup down? Start to pay attention to how you zipper your coat. How do you move your body through the world? How do you relate to doing in the world and being in the world? And when you can start to pay closer attention to that on a daily basis, an hourly basis, a minute to minute basis, it will affect how you're showing up for your horse. And, you know, one of the things that Beth and I teach in our Wear Horsewoman program, but that I'm also learning into in more depth in natural leadership school with Beth is the concept of timing and feel. And oftentimes our timing is too fast. We are too fast. And the amount of times that I said in our clinic this weekend, you just need to slow down. And when you slow down, then you have the ability to develop your feel for your horse and the ability to really have and use appropriate pressure with your horse. Okay, I will talk about this all day long. So I'm going to leave that and I probably will come back to it a million times over the life of this podcast. So moving on to conclusion number two, there is nothing woo-woo about connecting these two. So there's nothing woo-woo about connecting our personal growth and our growth as a horsewoman or a horse man. So I've heard the, co- the, the term woo-woo used in connection to things that are often Um, brought up as people go deeper into the world of personal growth and development. When I really think like, what does woo-woo mean? It's interesting because in the last episode that I had, Dylan did a great job of explaining this. I'm not sure if it made it into the interview or not, but it was part of our conversation at the beginning where when someone describes something as woo-woo, oftentimes it just means that they look at this thing and they think it's magical because it's hard for them to understand that it's something they can bring into their own life and practice in their own life and have the results that someone else has had. So it's easier just to label that thing as woo-woo. But when I really think about this and I reflect on it and I think, okay, we've now attached this term woo-woo to things like understanding energy and between horses and humans, understanding quantum energy in how we function in the world and understanding the law of attraction, understanding the impact of personal growth on the rest of our life. When I think about the way that we have really attached this term woo-woo to personal development and understanding ourselves better, meditation. It's so funny when I think about people thinking about meditating as something that's woo-woo and that sitting in silence can have as much of an impact on our lives as it truly can, I kind of laugh a little bit because when I think of woo-woo, I think of the fact that I can have a conversation with someone over the phone who lives across the world. And because there's it it works because I have a phone up against my ear and I can have that conversation, 
I don't use the word woo-woo for it, but it's all working off of the same understanding of energy and, and understanding that there's energy all around us and our world functions off of energy. And when we can start to detach ourselves from the concepts being woo-woo and start to realize that us learning about how our energy influences our horses is the same as us turning a light on in our house. When we can start to look at the connections between all of the things that seem so crazy that we can do as a result of our understanding of energy and our our world and how we relate to it and now start to bring that into how we as people function in the world. It makes it sound a whole lot less woo-woo that when we can really tune into our own selves and trust our instincts and understand that intuition is real and understand that we are a part of this world, it just makes everything so much more tangible and so much less woo-woo. And I don't, you know, I'm not shocked that this, this phrase has made its way into the horse world as we really start to connect the dots between how we develop as people, um, how we're showing up in the world as people, and then how that influences our horses. I'm not shocked, but I would like to just challenge it a bit. Okay, so I'm going to now move on because, again, that's another thing that I could probably just um, talk about all day. And I, again, I'd love to hear your input on this as well. So if if this is something that you've noticed, it's a trend that you've noticed and you've kind of had some reflection on or it's... It's something that has um, perked your ears up a little bit, then make sure that you touch base with me because I'd love to hear your input. The third conclusion that I came to as a result of the conversation in this other social media trainer, in this other trainer's social media group is I am proud to be a part of this ever developing conversation among de- uh, dedicated horse owners. And it's something that I. Honestly, it gives me chills. So it's something because I'm in this world, I see it all of the time. So I don't know if it's because it's it's like when you buy a red car, then you notice that there are so many red cars and it feels like everybody has a red car, but before you didn't notice any other red cars on the road. So I don't know if it's that or if it is essentially the law of attraction and that like attracts like and and you know what I'm thinking about is what's being brought into my universe but it's like the conversations that I'm being honored to be a part of the conversations that are being brought into my world via just randomly falling upon new podcasts or via somebody saying oh my gosh you should totally touch base with this person or talk to this person and it's funny because when I was interviewing, um, when I was interviewing Jim and Dylan in the last interview, it, this became more and more apparent because the things that they were bringing up were things that I have had conversations with, with other people, uh, outside of the podcast more and more lately. And they're things that I have been teaching within my program. It's things that, 
I am diving more deeply in when I'm learning with Beth. It's things that I am diving into when we're teaching clinics. It's it's literally um, encompassing my world. And so I am so proud that these conversations, not only are they taking place more around me, but they are taking place around the world. And I am honored to be a part of conversations that really have people questioning how they're showing up for their horses, how they're showing up for themselves and how they're showing up for the world and looking for support in order to be able to show up better every single day and not with the judgment that they're not good enough today, but knowing that if they grow, knowing that if they improve, they're going to improve the lives of others and their own life and putting the quality of their own life as a priority. I'm honored to be a part of that conversation. I hope my musings today help you be able to just reflect on your own personal growth as a horse owner and how committing to learning about yourself and the world around you and how you interact with that world influences your relationships with your horses and your husband and your wife and your partner and your children and anyone you interact with. The path we're on here is not the easiest one. It's not the one where we get to ignore how we feel and we get to excuse our behaviors by saying, that's just me and they just have to accept it. The path that we're on is one of accountability. It's one of acceptance. It's one of forgiveness and grace and love. It's one of honesty and rational thought versus reactive thought. It's not an easy path. It's not one of excuses. It's one of understanding. And it's one of looking to develop our relationships with others by understanding ourselves first. And it really is, when it comes down to it, it's one of putting the horse first as a result of understanding ourselves better. And I think that's what the most important thing is. Um, I guess I shouldn't say that's what the most important thing is. I think that is one of the most important driving forces for myself. And if it is for you as well, then I'm sure that's probably why you keep returning back to this podcast. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you again soon on the Take the Reins podcast. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a review and share it with your friends. To learn more about me and what else I have on the go, skip on over to NikkiPorter.ca. Thanks again for listening. And we'll connect again next week. Until then, remember, you have the power to take the reins and live the life you've always wanted. You just have to step into the arena with an open heart and an open mind.